Hey, good morning. It's great to see you again today. I just want to say thank you for spending this time with us. Uh, whether you're watching us live, we're coming live right from Family Life Church, or maybe uh, you're watching it on another day, whether it's on a laptop, a phone, a TV. Uh, we love you and appreciate you, and we appreciate that you're taking this time to be with us. So thank you so much. And as you can see from our, our music selection, we're right in the middle of the Christmas spirit today. We are right in the middle of this season, and uh, we're praying that this will be a blessing to you and those things that Pastor Clint talked about, uh, being able to live stream on Christmas Eve Eve, and that's going to be great. I think you're going to enjoy that. There's going to be a lot of great surprises in that, but uh, we just want to thank you for that. And we are in a Christmas series this December, and we've been talking about the four names of Jesus, the four promises, the prophetic names. Do you know that over 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah said he will be coming and this is what his names will be. You know, there's over 350 Old Testament prophecies saying that Jesus would come. And guess what? He came. He came. Can I just tell you this? Maybe this is all you need to hear today. Uh, don't turn it off after this, but maybe this will hit home with you. Let me just tell you, God will fulfill his promises. Let me tell you, God will fulfill and he keeps his promises. If he's promised you something, I'm here to tell you today that he's going to keep that promise. It might not be in the timing that we wish for, but he will keep his promises. And so we see this in, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. I love this. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful counselor. Do you know what? We have a counselor that's too amazing for words. We have someone that understands who we are. We have someone that knows what we've gone through. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. We have... This names of God and this, the, the power of a name. First week we talked about the power in names. You know, he's a counselor. He is a mighty God. But today we take this turn and Isaiah says of Jesus, he's going to be another father, an everlasting father. If, now, every one of us have had a father. <laughs> you had to have a father at some point, whether you knew him or not. Every one of us have had a father. But this interesting thing that brings up a lot of images, you know, when we talk about having a father, when we talk about expressing that God is our father or Jesus is going to be the everlasting father, we think of our earthly father. We just do. And I'm telling you today, for some of us, that can be a very positive image and an exciting point, and it's an easy transition. For others, it can be difficult. For others, it can be a hard thing to imagine because of our own experiences with our father. And I know sometimes, man, maybe your dad was great. And when you think about him, you have great memories. And I can tell you for myself, you know, all of us as dads, I'm a dad several times over and, a, and, and I'm now a granddad. You know, it's difficult. It's not easy being a dad. And we're far from perfect. And we make our share of mistakes. But if you grew up and you have memories of your father that are good ones, and you are thankful for your father, 
You know, you say, what could I ask for more in a dad? Man, reality is, that is amazing. You need to be thankful for that. But maybe that might not be everyone's experience. You see, when we think about our father as good and maybe as far from perfect as he is, all of a sudden we might tend to project the image of our earthly father onto our everlasting father. We do. We take of what we know here on earth and we project it on what he is in heaven. You know, that projection is a real thing. And technically, projection is it's a defense mechanism that people use unconsciously, taking our difficult emotions and then putting them onto another person. When someone projects their insecurities onto another, they're really taking out their emotional issues on someone else. And I know many times when people would talk about God being a father, or someone say, Abba Father, or Daddy God. They like, I just have a hard time. Savior, yes. King, yes. But man, if you talk about him as a father, it triggers something. Why is that? Well, it's because we're projecting the feelings and emotions of our earthly father onto our heavenly father. And that can be trouble. Because when we do that, we are seeing those things. It can be dangerous place because all of a sudden things get foggy and we don't see God clearly when we're projecting that. You know, uh, there comes a point in every child's life and sometimes it might come earlier than others when you realize, and you might remember the day <laughs> when it dawned on you, wow, my parents aren't perfect. <laughs> Maybe you might have known that really young. So. <laughs> But, you know, every parent tries to do their best, and, and even the ones that are flawed, when we grow up as, as small children, man, parents are the safe place. Mom is the rock. Dad is the safe place. But then as we get older and we experience more in life, all of a sudden we realize, you know what? They're just real people, and they have flaws. And we realize that living with them or experiencing them in our life can be difficult and because we realize that they are real people. Now, I'm mostly talking about personal, personality, family traits. I'm not talking about abuse issues because let me tell you what, abuse is a whole other area of a problem and it's very real. You know, I read one time uh, in a book by an author that I really like, but he said, every girl is going to carry a wound in her heart from her father. And I was like, wait a minute, you know? Now, I have three daughters and a stepson and I say, man, I I want to be good to them. I don't want to wound them. But you know what? If I have to be honest, I could have done better. I am a flawed person. I am not a perfect human being. I'm not a perfect pastor. I'm not a perfect parent. And I realize there can be things that I do that will leave wounds in hearts. So isn't it interesting that Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and he will be called not only a wonderful counselor, not only a mighty God, but he is an everlasting father. And when our fathers are human and flawed, there are some things that we can see clearly because some of us might have experienced a father who was never satisfied. Maybe your father was never satisfied and, you know, sometimes it can be that way. Maybe words like, I love you. Maybe words like, I'm proud of you. Maybe they were elusive to you as a child. Maybe you did all kinds of things to try to, get your dad's attention and to find approval and to try to live up to expectations. There were some dads that you had that just loved you unconditionally and poured love onto you, but there are other 
dads that we might have grown up with that just were so hard to satisfy. And so we begin to work and work and work to try to please them. Some of you, you might have even did negative things. You got into trouble because negative attention was better than no attention. You see how this is a reality we live with. And if we project that onto God, then that becomes other issues where we're trying to please, trying to please all the time. I don't know, and I don't really believe that God could ever be that kind of a dad to us that wouldn't be satisfied. But when I take what I know on earth and project it onto God and look at him through that lens, we can see maybe a father that was never satisfied or another trait sometimes. Maybe you had a father who was always angry. Perhaps your dad was one who came home and the atmosphere just changed. It was all good, but when dad walked through the door, you didn't know what you were going to get. All of a sudden, you had to walk on eggshells. Maybe you never knew what kind of mood that would be in, and you had, to, you had to be careful around that. Maybe it was painful words that came from that anger. You know, I was having a discussion with my family the other day, talking with my mom, and we were talking about family things, and, and it was interesting to say that words spoken by our fathers or our parents, someone that we love and respect, especially angry words, they stick with us. They stick with us in remarkable ways. (laughs) Like, you know what? I can't remember something I'm supposed to get at the store just from the trip from my house to the store. But it's interesting that angry words spoken into our lives, we will remember verbatim for 40 years, for 50 years and more. It's interesting how that works. And if that's been your journey and your story, it might be possible that you look through that lens to Jesus, your everlasting Father, and you get this bad taste in your mouth. I can't blame you because these are real things that happen to us. You see, when we look at Jesus, our everlasting Father, through the lens of our earthly Father, it can get messed up. And we might see a Father, like I said, who was never satisfied, who was always angry, or maybe that wasn't your issues there. Maybe... You just had a lack of a father, and your father was seldom there. Maybe as a child, you grew up, and there was a divorce situation, and so all of a sudden, dad was not there. And maybe I say seldom there. You say, man, my dad was not there at all. Or maybe even worse, your dad was ripped out of your life for some reason or another. And you were forced to grow up without that dad. You didn't have a a dad to sit in the stands when you played the games. You didn't have a dad who would show up at your concerts. You didn't have a dad who would sit in the side of your bed and put his arm around you when you were crying over your first boyfriend breakup. Or you didn't have a dad who would sit with you and tell you what it was like to treat a girl in the right way. And you think, man, I, I didn't have that. He just wasn't there. Here's what I've learned You can have an incredible father, but if he wasn't there, he was missing in your life, then that still leaves a hole. And some dads are gone. Some some dads are gone because of selfish motives, and other dads might be gone due to circumstances, but it still creates an absence. 
And I really don't want to pick any scabs. I <laughs> you say, Pastor Dave, man, where are you going with this? I'm, I'm getting depressed sitting here in my pajamas. Let me just tell you, I'm not trying to throw guilt on fathers because like I said, I am a father and I, I, I want to do better. But here's where I'm going with this. I have this belief that the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. Here's, here's what I really believe. And this is my belief. I don't fight it in Scripture. Here's what I, I interpret from Scripture is that God has put eternity in our hearts. And so I believe that each one of us have a longing for that perfect heavenly Father. And that's why it's difficult when we see a poor earthly example, there's this huge gap. But I think it's because we desire and we long for. And I think that's what Isaiah was getting at is that each one of us in the Messiah, in the Savior of the world, he came as an everlasting father. One place in the Bible says he will be a father to the fatherless. And so I didn't want to beat up on dads today, but I'm saying we can't take the lens of our earthly father and put it onto our heavenly father because that can become difficult. So listen, every time we put people where God should be. It might not be a dad. It might be a boyfriend, a girlfriend. It might be someone you respect. Anytime you put a person where God is supposed to be, there is going to be disappointment. And here's where I'm going just for the next few minutes. Let's lay down those things maybe. Let's just lay down our perception of our earthly father. And let's give God the opportunity, the everlasting op- God, everlasting Father, the opportunity to reveal to us who he really is. And you know, if you want to really know who God really is, you've got to go through the lens, not of your earthly father, but of Scripture. Let's just let Scripture tell us today who the everlasting Father is. Maybe you've never seen it before. Maybe because you've looked at Jesus and you keep thinking about what you have on earth. Firstly, I want to tell you that we have an everlasting father who is compassionate. We have a father who is compassionate. Psalm 103.8 says, the Lord is what? Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Isn't that amazing? Did you hear that? He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. And one of the most liberating moments that you can experience in your life is the moment you come to realize that there is nothing you can do, nothing that we can try to work out to make God love us more. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? You know, that's, that's freeing. You might have grown up with a dad that was never satisfied. Let me tell you, that is not who God is. He loves you. He is compassionate. Some of us try and try and try and try and we go to church or we read our Bibles and those are great things. I don't want to get in trouble here and say don't tune in and don't read your Bibles. But I'm saying, have you ever stopped to say, why am I doing this? Am I trying to get God to love me more? No way. There's no way for God to love you more than he does right now because he is a compassionate father. And sometimes we pray, not because we're overwhelmed with the grace of God in our life, but because we feel like we have to do those things. Or like I was saying with our own dads, maybe we rebel and we act out because we need that negative attention. I'm telling you, God loves you. He is compassionate. And he doesn't want you to work and work and work. We get that from earth. That's not who God is. Check this out. I love Matthew 11, 28 and 29. It's how God feels about you when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of us go, man, if you're tired, I got another job for you. 
If you're worn out, man, I've got something else that you need to be doing. No, no, no. He says, take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest. Just rest. Can I tell you this? And don't take this wrong. Would you stop trying to do everything right? I'm not talking about not living up to the standards that God's given us, but stop trying to be perfect for a God that you think you can't. Please, you know what? He loves you. He is compassionate on you. We talked about this last Sunday, but we have a compassionate God who knows what we go through. I love how the Hebrew says that we have a high priest who understands us. He's walked our ways. He would look at you and say, I know that it's hard. I know what you've gone through. And guess what? I'm not going to lay something heavy on you. I'm going to say, come here. Just bring it on in here. Let's have a rest. Let's just rest today. Man, some of us, we would love to hear that. I'm telling you, if you get your lens right and you focus on the everlasting Father, that's exactly who you get. The other thing I want to say today is that the everlasting Father is for you. When we look at him, Jesus our everlasting Father, through the lens of Scripture. We're going to see a Father who is compassionate, and we're going to see a God who cares. And this is God. He's God speaking to us. He says, I am for you. You might, you might have experienced on this side difficulty and absence and maybe abuse, and I'm so sorry for that. But when you look to God, he is saying, let's just... Let me internalize, let just internalize who I am. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, we read this a lot for people that are graduating from college or graduating from high school. But you know what? This passage is just for you. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. He's for you. I've got plans for you. Not for more work, not to, you know, God is good, you're not, try harder. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Perhaps you had a parent who compared you to others. <laughs> Why can't you just be more like your sister? She's the smart one. Why can't you be just more like your older brother? You know? Why can't you be like your younger brother? He always obeys and you're always... Man, it's tough to be compared. You go to an event, man, that, your coach compares you to another player. Why can't you be fast like him? Or maybe you're uh, playing an instrument. Man, why can't you play like him? Every time you get up to sing, you think, why can't I sing like her or have his vocal range? You know what? God never compares you. He's created you just the way he wants you, and he loves you that. He's got plans for you, plans to prosper you. He is for you. You're not compared to anyone. He is for you. And when we look through Scripture, we can see Jesus painting us a picture who God the Father is. You know, Jesus tells a story in the book of Matthew called the prodigal son. Very familiar passage of scripture. You might know the story. There you've got a, a father and he's got two sons. One does the right thing. One does the wrong thing. You could say the prodigal daughter if you want, the prodigal son, either one, interchangeable. Maybe you feel like it. Maybe you've been called the prodigal. But you know in the story that you've got this gracious father and you've got one son that takes advantage of his father, takes his things and goes away, lives his life on his own, doesn't care about his father's influence, his father's love, and he just blows it all. And he becomes a wreck. He makes a mess of his life. And he comes stumbling back home. 
and he's imagining that he's going to have to make excuses and that he's going to have to hear, I told you so. He's going to have to hear, you know, you've blown it too much. I'll never look at you the same. He's, no, no, no. Look at what Jesus says about the father. In fact, the prodigal son really should be retitled, this is about the good father. Because when the son comes home, when he comes up the path, what does he experience? He experiences a God, a father who embraces him. And he starts into his pre-prepared comments and excuses and apologies. And the father says, no, no, no. He puts a robe on him. He puts a ring on his finger. You know what he says? You're back just like you were before. Let's come in. And you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't compare him either. He doesn't say, man, if you'd have just been like your brother, everything would have been good. He received him. Jesus was painting a picture of the heart of God. We need to receive that today. The everlasting Father, he is compassionate. He is for us. And no matter what you had or you didn't have, in a dad, let me just tell you what, we have an everlasting father who is always there. Do you know that God is just a prayer away? Some of you might have a history or you might, your story might be that people haven't been there for you. They haven't been there when they said they would be there. Or over and over you're disappointed because you keep trying to think that it's going to be different next time and they're just not there. Let me tell you what, if we look to Jesus through the lens of Scripture, we're going to see that he is always there, always there. There is one thing that I want you to get. I want you to get this. I want you to know who Jesus is in the everlasting Father. He is always there. Hebrews 3, 13, 5 says this, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Another passage says, I will be with you even to the end of the age. God is always there. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter if you ever come to church again or ever tune in again, if you ever read enough Bible or pray hard enough. And again, I'm not trying to say don't do those things, but I'm telling you what, you know what? God will always be there. There's nothing you can do. You can ignore him for a good section of your life and you can turn around and God is right there. Now, do I need to ask forgiveness if I've done sin and done things wrong? Absolutely. But you know what? I'm gonna get a warm embrace from God. I've always said this, man. You can walk a thousand steps away from God, but it's only one step back. God is always there. Never will I leave you as long as you're good. Never will I leave you as long as you're on the good list and not the naughty list. Not comparison, Jesus to Santa. But I'm telling you, a lot of times we think, well, and what do we tell our, our kids and our grandkids? If you're good, Santa's going to bring you gifts. You know what? That's not who God is. That should motivate us to want to lean into him and live for him because he is always there. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That is what we get with an everlasting father. All the attributes of the perfect parent, that perfect safe place, maybe that you long for, that warm embrace that you wanted so much. He never changes. It's just that life can steal our trust in who God is because of stuff we experience in life, because of the things that us earthly fathers Maybe can't live up to. Jesus came as the Messiah. The world was waiting for a wonderful counselor, 
a mighty God, an everlasting Father. And don't use the wrong lens from your earthly father to your heavenly father, everlasting father. He never meant us to do that. And I'm going to close here in just a minute, and we're going to pray. But you know, I'm reminded of this with my own kids. And like I said, three daughters, stepson. I love our family together. And now with grandchildren and uh, all seven of those little suckers running around. Well, two of them aren't running around yet, but they will be soon. But my identity to them is Papa, right? My identity. And so I'm Papa, Sandy is Noni, and it's like we're going to Papa and Noni's. We're going to Papa and Noni's. Our, our two-year-old grandson, Cash, is learning how to talk, and, and his mom says every time he gets in the car, he's in, his back, he's in his car seat in the back saying, Papa and Noni, Papa and Noni. He wants to go to Papa and Noni's. You know why he wants to go there? Because he knows when he goes in there, he's going to get to do anything he wants to do. <laughs> He's going to be able to, you know, tear everything up or he's going to get what he wants. He might just get a little bit spoiled because he knows that his papa and noni love him. Now he knows what our house looks like. So he passes the house and he's always asking, is that papa and noni's house? Is that papa and noni's house? And if the trip goes somewhere and doesn't end up at our destination, then he feels ripped off and he's ticked off. And he said, hey, I wanted to go to papa and noni's house. And here's where I get a little sad. Because you know what? He's going to grow out of that one day. He's going to become a teenager or a young adult, and he's going to want to be someplace else. It's just, it's just true. He's going to go and say, man, I'm bored here. Let me just ask you, where did you lose your love for just being with God, spending time with him? Maybe an earthly parent did a poor job or worse, they were a source of pain and heartache. But let me tell you today, this is the message today. Not so with your heavenly father. Not so. He's the one waiting at the door. He's the one waiting with the warm embrace, with compassion and love and understanding and a place that you can just rest. You see how important that was when all those years before Jesus even came on the scene, Isaiah said, we have a child that's going to be born to us. A son is going to be given to us. And he's not just a son. He's going to become a king. The government's going to rest on his shoulders, that kind of king. He's going to be the king of kings, the Lord of lords. But there is going to be some specific things he's going to do in our life. He is going to be a counselor beyond description. Someone that can relate to who we are. Someone that understands the things we carry. He's not just an understanding counselor, but he's a mighty God. The creator of the universe. And in that, he's also an everlasting father. Please, please, can we just take the lens of our earthly father? And let me speak for all fathers. It's not easy, man. We're trying I know so many fathers I look up to. They're amazing dads, but as amazing as we try to be or as amazing as our hearts want to be, we'll never be perfect. Let me tell you that we have an everlasting father, and I believe God has put that desire in our heart to love God. And when we go to God's house, maybe you know, I don't like Papa Noni's house. You're saying, I can't wait to get to God's house. You know, one of the things that, has been such a bummer 
about this season is not being able to be together. There is a part of fellowship that is so important. But you know what? I hope you realize that what makes this place special is the presence of God. It's the everlasting Father connecting with our hearts. I'm so excited that just in a few weeks, first of the year, we're going to be able to do that again. But here's what this season also should have taught us, that the presence of God can be right there. You can encounter the everlasting Father right where you're at, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your car. He is right there. The everlasting Father. Allow him to be that to you today. Would you pray? Jesus, I thank you, God, because of who you are. I thank you for what you've come to be. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. Someone that lays his life down for his friends. Incredible listening ear and a shoulder to lean on and arms to wrap around us. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to give an accurate description of who you are. And when we see Jesus, we see your heart. When we hear the stories that Jesus tells about the father and the prodigal son, we see your heart. We see your ability to love us no matter what, to have compassion on us and to always be there for us and to be for us and always there. God, I pray that we would look to you again and we could see who you are, that father that we've always dreamed of. Thank you for that today. Can I just say, maybe you're, wherever you're at right now, you might have got a lot of scars and hurts in your, in your life. And maybe if you're really honest in this moment, you say, you know what, I've projected that onto God. I've probably resisted or not leaned into God as much because of my earthly experience. Maybe this message is just for you. Would you just take a moment and say, God, help me to see you. Your prayer can be this. God, help me to see you for who you are for what the scripture says you are and not the lens that I have on earth. Did you say that prayer? Jesus, help me to see you. God, help me to see you for who you really are. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now. Man, I, we don't know who's listening to this or where you're listening to this, but I'm telling you, God, there's, we don't believe in random acts. You're listening for a reason. God's with you. He's connecting with you and he wants to reach you, and maybe you could step towards Christ today. Remember what I said? You can take a thousand steps away from God, but it's only one step back. Here's the step back. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I accept your love. I want you to be my leader and my friend. If you say that prayer today, if you just say that prayer, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. I know that you're God's son, and I want you to be with me. The Bible says he's there. He's connected with you, and he will. And as a church, you can Reach out to the host right now. Request prayer or email us. We want to walk with you. We've got next steps for you because we love you and we want to be with you. Thank you so much for leaning in and connecting with us today. I just want to say thank you for spending the time with us today. And before we go, I want to reiterate what Pastor Clint was saying about not only the big give, man, I love it, the biggest offerings we ever give at this church are always for somebody else and we want to bless get, we want to bless big during this crazy season that we're in we can still give big and then that special christmas eve eve 
live simulcast we're going to send out. You can watch it live on Christmas Eve Eve, or you can watch it on Christmas Eve, or you can watch it on Christmas Day. But register for that box. There's, it's going to be full of great things that I think will go along so well and just some great gifts from us to you. We just want to say we love you, we're praying for you, and we want you to see who Jesus really is, the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He's a mighty God, and he's that counselor you've always wanted. Until I see you again, let me say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you guess what? He's going to catch you do something right. He's not trying to catch you doing something wrong. He's going to turn the, his face towards you and shine the countenance on your life and give you peace. God bless you as you live the life today. Amen. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.